I don't. It didn't have the title. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he was just setting you up for a joke there, but no, no, this was this was uh, genuine. This is what we talked about. Yeah. And there's your start. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, it's Chapter Two. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like it, Chapter Two, witness our end, rear end. Uh, (laughs) So close. Yeah, so close. Anyway, seriously though, if you've never heard the show before, then hold on to your balloons because we're about to make them float. I don't know. Essentially, Uh, we take a film and we've lost most of our (laughs) listeners. Well, you're right, this was our end. That's, that's the end of us. <laughs> so uh, what we do is we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also your usuals, your caption contest, a quiz, xylophones, impressions, and banter. So do stick around. So this week's film on trial, as I said before, is It Chapter 2. Hey! <laughs> is it Pennywise or Penny Dumb as Fuck? Hopefully, we'll find out. <laughs> I like it. That's one of your best. Yeah, yeah that's good. So, just to say, it will be a very, very spoilerific episode. So, if you haven't seen it yet, if you haven't seen it yet or it yet, you can either listen to this episode after you've watched it. The film, it's still out. It is still out of the cinema as we speak. Or you can just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week, brought to you by me, which we will highlight in the comments section below. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. (laughs) Now, Alex, you judged that trial and you deemed that it should be placed on the hit list. Now, you've since gone away and watched it. Did you make the right call? I don't know, to be honest. Like, a lot of the... I, I listened to the actual uh, podcast again, to be honest. Check and a lot arguments. of what Ozzy was saying was coming back to me. I loved the first half. I was like, nah, what's Ozzy talking about? And by the second half, I was gagged out. And there was a lot of parodies. So, honestly, I have to say it. I don't know if it's on the right I've list. I've got to say, as, as a neutral, I'm surprised it went on the hit list, to be fair. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, William Shatner was in it. So, regardless <laughs> of any arguments... And Tim Curry, <laughs> it's going to be Every little helps. You know, as I say, I'm surprised it went on the hit list. I'm not a proud man, I'll tell you what I can <laughs> Okay, so before we go on to the bulk of the show, I think it's time for Alex's Film Feels. <laughs> it's a long one. <laughs> the boon or werewolf? Is it, it was a dog. Was just... <laughs> right, okay. Uh, Favourite movie gang this week. Uh, I'm not going to be too imaginative. I'm going to say my one first. Stand by me, another uh, Stephen King. I think he knows how to write his childhood friends gangs. Very beautiful little bunch of different stories going on. I loved it. Yeah, mm. and all revolving around going to see a dead body. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> Stephen King. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to pick that um, that gang that you were telling us about at the porn Oscars the other week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but apparently it was a great gang. Sounds like a great scene, to be honest. Uh, I think I'm going to go for the gang from Anchorman, from the Channel 4 news team, Channel 5 news team. Yes. Yeah. Ron, Ron Burgundy's gang, yeah, anyway. Yeah. You know, I think that's just a, a comedic it's a, it's value. a funny gang. It is, isn't it? I mean, when a, a gang is so united that they can spontaneously break out into song at the drop of a hat, you know that, you know, that's a good gang. It's working. Yeah. Um, well, it seems we're not going down the Stephen King route. Maybe Warriors, the gang yeah. from Warriors. That was uh, they, they were pretty good. It was a good film. What's that got to do with Stephen King? It's got nothing to do with Stephen King. Oh, right. <laughs> I was going to say the gang from Dreamcatcher, but okay. <laughs> which uh, which specific gang or just the main gang the, from Warriors? 
Warriors. Okay. E Warriors. The, the E Warriors. Okay. Uh, I'll probably go for the Lost Boys. Mm, uh, good gang of lads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, they were sound. Proper <laughs> sound. <laughs> where, where are they? If <laughs> not them, then maybe Reservoir Dogs and equally good yes. gang of lads. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you keep on saying good. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking Reservoir Dogs, but, then, but I think I was actually thinking Pulp Fiction. But they're, they're both Tarantino, aren't they? I mean, what, mm. what constitutes a, gang. a gang? <laughs> a gang like of two? Two, two, two people, man gang? Two people robbing the... Is it a bank? No. A cafe? A cafe. Two people robbing a cafe? That's, there, is, that's a, there is a gang bang in it, though. So maybe you're getting... Is, is it? <laughs> <laughs> getting oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There is. Are you getting the films mixed up again? Yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised, actually, that you didn't pick Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Is that a gang? I mean, it's, it's more of a gang than two. Though, <laughs> Three is bigger than two. Maybe a gaggle of witches. Aren't they a coven? True. True. <laughs> but coven is the old school type of gang, isn't it, really? Okay, well, I take it back. That's how gangs start. Yeah, <laughs> covens. Yeah. I mean, what were they called in Hocus Pocus? The, the something sisters? I don't know. I can't, I can't even remember. We, oh, how how even many times it. do we seem to come back to Hocus Pocus <laughs> on this podcast? They were like the original Crips, you know, back in the day. <laughs> um, okay, right. So thank you very much for that. Alex. Can I take it back? Can I have the gang from Gone in 60 seconds? No, it's not. <laughs> Man, it like, it like, that's just the same with you, isn't it? If it isn't Hocus Pocus, it's fucking Gone in 60 seconds. I can't wait to review that film. Yeah. Just so just so I can remember something about it. <laughs> okay, right, so on to the bulk of the show. This week's film mentioned before is It Chapter 2. Oh shit. Oh, 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 fingers. I know. You may as well let everyone just turn off right now. It's going to be pointless. <laughs> um, so, this film hasn't been picked out of the Hadam Random, but instead it has been picked by all of us here at Films on Trial as we desperately try and stay relevant. But all of the roles have been picked at random, however. So, in the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be myself and Alex. Now, Alex is a little bit like Isaiah Mustafa's Mike. He reads a lot and he has been known to black out and lose several days after getting completely <laughs> smashed in a tent. <laughs> I'm not wrong, though, am I? You'd know. <laughs> and I'm just like Eddie scrawny, pencil pushing job, pill munching borderline hypochondriac who would probably be the first of us to get brutally stabbed in the face <laughs> through your own fault wow. and acting in prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be joel and dave now joel is just like bill hader's richie he's exactly the same as he was when he was 13 and he hides his emotions through a humor-based dick jokes <laughs> wow i mean that's yeah. Uh, and Dave is just like Jay Ryan's Ben. He's been doing a lot of building in secret. Uh, hopefully it doesn't cave in on them though. Uh, now, just like real court advocates, we will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our genuine opinions, however, so do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts. Which means this week, Ozzy has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Now, Ozzy is just like Pennywise the Clown. He dresses very elaborately and I wouldn't trust him to look after my kids. <laughs> 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 now, Ozzy must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinions, which is good because he hasn't actually seen it yet. So before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. <laughs> 
So here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it has landed on myself. So um, how how should I how should I read this? Pennywise is the only yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be. You've, it? you've already done a, a good Tim Curry version of Pennywise. Now yeah. have, have a go at Skarsgård. I don't actually you're thinking about it. I, I don't know if I can do anything other than Tim Curry. Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, oh, what's he sound like? Twenty-seven years after the first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. That's pretty good. That was pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty scary. It's like, it sounded like, like a really dark version of the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was like Al Pacino, but in Muppet form. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, guys. So, uh, without further hesitation, Aussie, would you please like to kick off proceedings? Yeah, okay, well, I mean, I, I assume it is the plot of it, which we reviewed previously, but split into two. Yes, so yeah, well yes. done. In a nutshell. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Ready. No, no, seriously, um, who's on defence? Sorry, can you Me and Gav. maybe elaborate a little bit on the, the plot, some of the bits it does does good and bad? Now, is the story true to the book? Is it elaborated on a bit more, or...? Um, uh, well, I think it's very faithful to the book, to be honest, and that, I think, is one of the biggest positives for me, because there was a number of things that they left out from the original TV miniseries, probably because it was it was shorter, and, you know, this one, they've had more time to flesh yeah. out the characters, and I think that it did a really, really good job as well. If you're a fan of the original book, if you're a fan of the original TV miniseries, I think you're going to be satisfied by this. Uh, it doesn't, like, mess about... So as soon as the film starts, it's like right back into the action. So it starts with this really um, brutal gang attack on this young couple. And um, then we see Pennywise kind of re-emerging re after 27 years. Now, we, we don't know whether it's it's just coincided with this attack or whether the attack has caused Pennywise to re-emerge. But anyway, he eventually feasts on the victim. And then before you know it, we're, we're right back in, we're right into the film. Uh, Mike Hanlon, um, he was, um, he stayed behind in Derry. So the film essentially ends with the children uniting together and defeating it, Pennywise the clown. However, um, they know that it's going to come back after 27 years. So they make a pact that if it does come back, we're all going to reunite and we're going to kill it. So what happens is one of the gang stays behind and he then rings the rest of the gang to say, listen, Pennywise has come back. You need to come back to town and we need to defeat it. And then essentially it's a case of you're seeing all the different um, characters. They've, they've moved away. They've grown up. You've seen what they've done with their lives. Mm -hmm. But however, you know, although they've, they've gone really far, they might have, you know, succeeded quite a lot as well. There's some of them that are, you know, um, you know, a famous architect, a famous comedian, famous playwright they are still haunted by the visions of what happened to them. However, they can't really remember it. And I think what this film does really well is it delves more into the mythos of Pennywise the Clown and how he's got a stranglehold on the actual town itself and how when you move away, you forget about it. And when you're in, you live in the, in, the, in the town, you're actually consumed by it so much so that you don't actually know or understand what's going on. And I think it, it does really well. Uh, so I like just adding on to what Gav said. It, like I wasn't a fan of the original film, the well, the, yeah, the, the one with the Tim one Curry, we, yeah, 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 the one we yeah. reviewed before, because I, I felt like there was a lot of extra stuff that didn't really make sense and didn't need to be in it. Maybe it was in the book, but the book's huge yeah. and should have been cut out. And that's what they've done here. They've cut out all that excess stuff that really sort of made the plot a bit more convoluted than it needed to be, and they've just like, kind of streamlined it, and it works yeah. really well. And I, I, like the basically the, the 
what's really good about the plot is you have these characters that come back like gav said they've kind of got almost a sense of amnesia they don't quite remember what happened and then they all sort of diverge and go on their own personal journeys which is a lot about their own time in Derry and a lot about growing up and their own facing their own fears and then they come back so the film sort of like starts where they all come back uh, reunite then they sort of diverge off into their own paths which is interesting to see the way the characters go and then they come back more, more or less towards the end for this like final battle basically but it's nice and streamlined and there's not too much excess fat on it this time okay speaking of excess fat do you think they're one of the prosecution pleas? I was going to say, I was going to call someone else, but I thought that might be a bit, uh, that might sound a little bit nasty. <laughs> but uh, so, do, do you agree with that? Is, is it trimmed? Is it trimmed compared to the, the original, to the, to the TV? It's trimmed, but it's not trimmed enough. Uh, one thing I think we're going to get onto later is how long this film is. I mean, it clocks in at coming up to three hours. We'll go into this later, mm-hmm. but it is a little too long. With regards to how loyal it is to the book, relatively, but not especially, if I'm being truthfully honest. The, the worst part about this, I felt, was um, they missed out a few key characters. Uh, Bill, in particular, has gotten married. He's married to an actress now. He's a screenwriter. And in the book, she follows him to Derry. Uh, Bev is in an abusive relationship, an abusive marriage, which we see a bit of at the start, but her husband also follows her to Derry. And with Henry Bowers, who's the bully from the first one, who's now been in a psychiatric institution, Mm -hmm. he breaks out, he terrorizes him a bit more before he is killed. Um, In his plays, Bev's husband kind of gets absorbed by it by Pennywise and kind of becomes his vessel a little more because Henry Bowers is quite ineffectual. So that was kind of a key part of it. And these were pretty important characters. They really developed the characters and really pushed you along, helped you understand the character's motivation and the character's story. And they are absent. They are in it for a few minutes at the start of the, of the film and that is it. Then they are gone and they are key characters and they would have been very key to these characters opening up for the viewer, for the audience. Um, I think there's a lot of bits that they've just, they've brought out of nowhere because with regards to the the book, yeah, there's a lot of uh, big moments where the kids encounter Pennywise and his various guises and forms, but they've made some fresh ones up for the film. I think stuff that gave him a bit more chance to do something a bit more spectacular. And it wasn't necessary. The stuff that King illustrated in his book was good enough, and it would have been good enough. They've gone a little too far, and given, it's given them too much chance to use CGI. Okay, so do you think that the CGI line, uh, as, as a force from here, which could cross the, the, the board... CGI. I mean, I already know what you're going to say, but <laughs> if, if if do you think there's too much CGI? Could they have got away with doing more practical effects? You know, the balloon from the first chapter. We all agreed that they didn't need to do that, and it was just a little bit over the top. Is mm. is that the same uh, issue here? Kind of. I mean, it, it's a bit of both. There are, there is a lot of CGI, like the the more monstery side of it, like when it manifests itself as uh, like some of the the characters fears that's more cgi uh and they actually uh, cgi'd a lot of the 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 kids the actors because basically they uh you know filmed chapter one like three or four years ago and obviously they've grown older so they had to use a de-aging oh, kind to, of program like to, to make them look younger again and in some of them you you can tell um and it's it's one of them where it's just like a strange decision, like why didn't you just film it all at once? Um, but in terms of the CGI, um, I actually think it's scarier to not use CGI. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I think the the scariest part about all the films is when Pennywise is on the screen, and I mean Pennywise when he's the actual clown, like the makeup and everything. It, it's not just scary; it's mm-hmm. kind of creepy, and there's a real kind of atmosphere on that, and that kind of leads into another point in that he's barely in it. 
Like he's not in very many scenes. It's always like a monster or a different version of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's CGI and that kind of takes away, I think, from from a lot of the scares in, in the film. Yeah, anyone want to counter that? So talking about CGI, I think it's it's one of those, it's like swings and roundabouts. So for uh, like, there's some bits in it where you think, man, that's, that wasn't really necessary when it's like CGI blood or yeah. as you said, CGI balloons. I'm just thinking like, why couldn't you just use, it would have just been better to just use a real balloon or, or you know, real blood or whatever. Um, and there's a scene that's in the original TV series, it's in the book as well, where they the gang meet up for the first time and they meet at a Chinese restaurant and they open these fortune cookies and there's a number of like weird shit basically in the fortune cookies, <laughs> like, you know, an eyeball or a spider or whatever. I didn't really like it in the book. Didn't really like it in the uh, original miniseries, and I, I didn't like I, it. In this I didn't like it in this. So it's not either. a scene that, that, no, that works for you, and because that was heavily CGI'd as well, it was just like, oh, I could have done without yeah. that. However, later on, um, so the, the the culmination of of the film is basically the adults stand up to it and they defeat it in its true form, and the, it's the true form that they can kind of comprehend. So, because you can't look at its true form, yeah. you know, so it's it's the one that they can comprehend, which is sort of a mix between Pennywise and a giant spider. Now, that in the original miniseries was pretty poorly done. They did practical effects and stop motion animation, and it didn't look that great. This time around, I think, you know, this, this is what Stephen King probably wanted. This is what the fans of the book wanted. It was done really well. I can see what Joel was talking from when he's saying about some of the CGI, you just didn't really need it. But stuff like that, I think it balances it out, really. You've got something that, you know, you probably couldn't comprehend if you were to say, like, oh, yeah. you know, it turned into a giant spider and yeah, start attacking un- them. Unless you've got that that power of, of a computer graphics, that is, you're not going to be able to capture it. Yeah, yeah. just to add on to that, I also there's like an old woman in it that scared the absolute piss out of me, you know? I'd, I'd agree with some sometimes <laughs> when they were talking about... <laughs> of all of the things to be scared of in it, oh, it was Oh, no, woman. wait. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, watch it, man. Uh, so I'd, I'd I'd agree, sort of on a, an objective after with hindsight level. That yeah, maybe there is a bit too much CGI at times, but sometimes I was just too busy shitting myself <laughs> yeah, to yeah. really be to really be like, oh look, that's too much CGI, you know? Because yeah, you so- kind of like oh my god that's i think sometimes the cgi does enhance it because it makes it you know yeah. whereas practical effects sometimes would be hard to get and yeah. also just a quick point on the kids faces i just didn't notice that they'd done cgi i might just be unobservant but personally it was news to me that i mean that they did, leads that on they did that to the question i mean you've had away there Dave, if you want to if you've got a straight rebuttal but i was going to say is is it scary and do you notice the cgi because of how intense is it intense through throughout or is it I'll leave. I'll leave my rebuttal because I think Joel pretty much covered it anyway. Okay, but, yeah. but for the record, I agree with Joel. Yeah, just a surprise. <laughs> but um, no, 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 with regards to with, is it scary or not? I would say yeah. There's some good jump scares in it, but it's the same mechanism for the jump scare every time. Basically, there's you know something jumps out at you. There's a big loud noise, big scream. And it, the the face of the thing, it just the camera zooms in on the face of what is screaming at you, and it gets all up in your grill. And that is it. That is the jump scare, time and time again. Be it uh, a statue of Paul Bunyan that's come to life, be it the old lady that Alex mentioned, be it Pennywise himself. It's all zoom in on the face as much as you can, as suddenly as you can, and scream loud. And that's it. Yeah, of course that'll make anyone jump, but it's a lazy jump scare. It's not very imaginative. Yeah, okay. We've been there, we've done that, we've seen it before. So is it scary? Yeah, it'll make you jump, but it's pretty gets pretty tired pretty quick. Yeah, so just to add on to Dave as well, I mean, this is a problem that I think we discussed in the original as well, in that it's a lot scarier when the kind of point of view that you're looking at from is kids, when it's adults, when it's like a a clown jumping at full-grown adults, it's not scary anymore. And literally the only scares in there are the jump scares. Like in chapter one, 
there was a lot of kind of tension and you didn't always see the the clown for a, for for a long time and then when pennywise does kind of reveal himself like it, it it's it's shit scary i think literally the only f- kind of scene with any tension is is the one with the old woman that, that alex was mentioning Oof. everything else is just uh-huh. jump scares <laughs> i'm not saying that's the only scary bit but that's the only scene that doesn't rely on a I, I didn't find that that tense because we've all seen the trailer and that was the scene that they went to for the trailer. No, but it's similar to like the, the scene in the first one where Bill's house gets flooded and Pennywise comes out with the, the, the water. They did it a little bit differently. So you didn't expect, like, Ozzy, spoiler, I'm sorry, but the uh, old lady goes out to uh, check on some brownies while Bev is looking around the room and she clocks this photo and she's like, hang on, that looks a little bit like Pennywise. And the old lady from the kitchen is like, oh yeah, my dad's come here and he was in the circus and whatever. And then it dawns on it, oh shit. Uh, this is like an illusion that Pennywise has created. And then she turns around and out of the complete darkness of the kitchen, this woman comes out. You, you, you hear the thudding first yeah. of, a, of a stamp and you're just like, what's going on? And then, yeah, she just emerges, doesn't yeah. she? And, and it, she's about like like eight foot tall, completely naked and just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Camera goes straight in on her face and she screams really loud. Yeah, <laughs> surprise. This is, this is how we do scary. So so I, w- I would argue, it's, it's sort of picking up on the point that Joel made before about Pennywise barely being in it. Now, the thing is, is that what you want, what you didn't want is just rinse and repeat. And I think if they would have just have Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise just coming out and just scaring people, you would have been like, well, it's the exact same film. It's just they've done doing the exact same film right again, the exact same scares. I thought what they tried to do here was a little bit different. The bits where Pennywise was in it, I think the Joel's like maybe forgetting a couple of them. Um, the original, um, sorry, the second death in it is this little girl. They go to see um, a baseball game or, you know, or American soccer, whatever. And uh, one of the girl, um, little girls in the bleachers and she sees like a firefly and she goes and follows it and it's underneath the bleachers and you're know, right into the depths and this it's darkness. And he's... Yeah. Yeah. And, and Pennywise is like, like basically submerged in darkness and he's... <laughs> and, you know, what I didn't like about the first one was that none of the kids really... Were that scared of Pennywise? They were just all like, "Oh, all right, what are you doing in the cell?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> this girl was like, "Oh no, 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 no! You look fucking weird. I'm leaving you alone." And he's like, "Oh well, you know, I'm disfigured, and everybody makes fun of me because of it." And then she starts feeling sorry for him, and then she gets closer, and then you know that something's going to happen. The tension is building and building and building, and then he just goes and takes a big bite out of her head like it was an apple. Camera zooms in on his face. He screams <laughs> as he lunges forward. You get I mean, like the, 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 Dave is 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 like hammering this bit home, but like. The, the way that was filmed is, is actually quite quite well, to be fair. And it's pretty brutal, especially for a 15, because you don't normally expect to see children being attacked and killed. Yeah, yeah. And you do actually see it that twice. There's one later where we're in a, we're in a, they're in a hall of mirrors. And to be honest, as soon as any film goes into a hall of mirrors, I kind of inwardly sigh like, oh, Christ, here we go, you know. <laughs> oh, look, I can't go that way because it's a mirror, you know. But <laughs> this one was one of the better ones, actually. And um, there's a bit where a kid's trapped and James McAvoy's ran in to try and save him. And he can't. And Pennywise starts, is on the other side of a mirror from the kid and starts banging his head again. And it's just, I don't know, there's some way that they're oh, yeah, yeah. filming his face. So as he bangs, you just get a quick little shot of his face slightly changing and it's manic and it's banging. And you're just like, all right, how is this kid going to get out of it? And the great part of it is, well, it's not a great part. The, yeah. kid, the, kid, the kid doesn't. And it's mm. like, that's the shocking bit in it. So I, and I, I wouldn't say, you know, Joel and Dave are saying this is kind of like pretty much just textbook scary stuff. There are some surprises in it that did make you go like, oh, did not, you know, that's new. Didn't expect to see that. 
Well, I, I wasn't surprised by it. The film's about a child murdering clown. <laughs> <laughs> he murdered a yeah, child. You don't, you don't, <laughs> I wasn't surprised. Yeah, but the way they showed it, you yeah. don't, you, you were, you, you'd normally see that off screen or you'd go, ah, or something, but it was like, yeah. oh, shit. He's yeah, just turned, yeah. That kid just exploded in like, that. On, on like, screen. On yeah. screen, yeah. Okay. I think one of the things I really liked about this is Bill Skarsgård's portrayal of Pennywise. In the first one, it was just... It, it was just amazing. It was so menacing and also subtle. But in this one, it's it's great, like how it, the characters evolved a little bit. Because he's just like if you took away all the all the murdering aspects and you know <laughs> morphing into like like these, these um, unimaginable horrors, he's a bit of a dick. You know, I, <laughs> I quite like that because when I was watching that scene, I was like, he could easily just break that glass within just like one strike. But he's he's building the tension and he's doing it and he's getting the the child more scared and more scared and he's seeing like. Bill's reaction, Making, trying to yeah. trying to stop it and trying to break the glass himself so he can rescue the child. And it's like he's like kind of just doing it to, for his own amusement. It's like he, he he could end it like that, but he chooses not to. And, and you, just, feel, you feel that 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 comes across in the yeah, acting. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's that's what that's what I felt. Because yeah. one, one of the things we talked about when because we did a brief review of it, chapter one, mm-hmm. when we did the uh, the when we, when we put it. The, the other one the film the yeah. tv film on trial and one of the things everybody said was really that it was a bit of a shame that there was so much cgi and he was so much makeup and you couldn't it, it really was... you couldn't he wasn't really emotive it no, was they, a lot they, of you see him without the makeup at one point yes yeah. well. but it, it wasn't that like he was it, it was overly cgi'd or there was too much makeup it was just that i felt in the original there was just bits with cgi they probably didn't need to be it. So the actor Bill Skarsgård can do this thing with his eyes. I think it's called like Brown Syndrome where you can make them look in two different directions. Yeah, yeah. And he can actually do that. And he did that for the audition and they really liked that. And they were like, well, we want that in the in the, in the film. Every time he's kind of losing control and he's about to pounce, we want you to do this look. Or, you know, like he, he incorporated yeah. that into his performance anyway. But in the film they change his eye colour. So it's it's originally like blue and then they change it orange as well. So it looks like it's CGI'd when actually it's the actor yeah, doing it himself. Him, so the, yeah. you know, the, the stuff like that, little tweaks and little like kind of little bits that probably could have done without being in there. But, but I'd say his performance... It's like um, like Beetlejuice or Freddy Krueger or Hannibal Lecter. He's not in it, as Joel says, a great amount because he's 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 morphing, he's changing into different things. But I think that's a good thing because, as I said, if it was if it was the same, just Pennywise jumping out and killing people, you'd get bored. You'd be like, right, well, this is just carbon copy of the first film. This is like changing. They're adults. They're going to be more harder to scare. You know, he scared them as a clown the first time around. He needs to think about their actual like deepest darkest fears and, 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 and is it bigger is it bigger is it scarier than the first chapter no, definitely not. no like it's it's nowhere near as scary and it's nowhere near as dense but like i said i think part of that is down to one the material and two the fact that it's just not scary with with adults in there you know it's a lot scarier with kids no i agree joel's tapped into it exactly it's you just don't get that same level of peril as it were when it's with kids i will agree with gav though and i will concede this point bill Skarsgård is very good yeah. I, I think as, as well, so one of the things that did annoy me about it, but it, it's also kind of counter-arguing what Joel and Dave have been saying, is that I felt that there was too much of them as children being scared by Pennywise. I felt like it should have focused more about the adults being affected, because there was a lot of that. There was, you know, like Bill Cause, being... Because it's like flashbacks, is that? Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of flashbacks to when they were children meeting Pennywise again. And I felt like it was relying too much on that a little bit because, as Joel was saying, it's harder to for adults to be scared and it's harder for you as an audience to feel sympathy for an adult who's being scared by, you know, a, a killer clown. 
Um, so so they put in too many flashbacks, I think. But I mean, it, it still worked for me and, you know, it, it, it changed it up. It wasn't like, oh, okay, it's just a bunch of kids getting scared. Getting scared. It was like, oh, is it the child version of Richie being scared? And then here's the adult version of him being scared back to back. I think you kind of needed to have that because you would have forgotten who was who a little bit. So you would you needed to know who Richie was as, as a child because I don't I don't know I, I would have lost track I really think. yeah if I hadn't had the flashbacks I needed yeah. it to remember who was you know which kid was which adult okay because because they're not they're the same actor they're, yeah they're the same it's the same actor it is actually it's the same kids yeah, yeah. from, yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. first one yeah yeah but I think that was one of the positives for me there wasn't a single point in it where I doubted that that adult was the child yeah sure yeah, yeah. I think sometimes in a film. It, you've got like it was like a massive success so those characters or those actors playing those characters are ingrained on your knowledge you're like oh well the character of Richie is played by Finn Wolfhard you know yeah. so then having a film like a sequel that comes out what three years later than it and the characters played by somebody completely different it's always going to be hard for the audience to relate and but, to accept but they were looked enough like them or acted enough like them to, both. to capture uh, yeah. there was definitely kind of like they definitely captured something of the kids in their performances yeah I, well, there wasn't a single bit where I, I, I thought nah this, this person isn't that character I, I did get that I did feel like some of the actors some of the adult actors didn't really follow the kids enough. I didn't feel like uh, James McAvoy particularly followed the, uh, the original kids' portrayal of Bill. And I don't think Jessica Chastain necessarily was reminded me any much of, of Bev. Um, they were completely different. Mm. They're very different. Obviously, people mature, people grow up. Their characters would have evolved. They're not going to be the same people they were yeah, when yeah. they were kids. But I just didn't see enough flashes. All it would have taken would be a few flashes of the kids they used to be, especially given the, the context that it is about, you know, them revisiting their childhood trauma. But I just didn't see it, uh, particularly from McAvoy, particularly from um, Chastain. And that's possibly because they were the biggest names in it. I was waiting for them to deliver because they're both fantastic actors. And I just, maybe I was waiting for it from them. Maybe because I was looking for it, I missed it, but I, maybe it wasn't there. I, I, I'd say like the bits where Bill went to the sewer grate and when he, he sees that like there's a kid that Pennywise has been visiting or, you know, like, has, or has appeared to him. And he's like, you know, that, that scene that we were talking about before where he tries to rescue the kids. I'd say that was, you know, that was as close to the original kids' performance as as could be. But I agree with you that, you know, they've moved away, they've grown up, they've matured, they're different characters essentially. But what I thought was good about it was that when they come back to Derry, they start regressing. They start like kind of, Richie starts telling jokes that he would have told when he was 13. You know, Eddie starts getting more paranoid about his health. And Bill starts stuttering again. You know, like, I think that there's enough hints and nods to their original characters for you to kind of automatically or like subconsciously think that, oh yeah, this actor is that character. Mm. Any, um, I, I think we, I think we're okay with, uh, the plot. I grasp it's the relatively, um, relatively faithful to the book. Um, and we just started touching on characters there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think everyone, I see, looking around the room, it looks as though everyone's quite in agreement that Bill Skarsgård does a great job. Yep, um, I'll agree with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And we're touching on the fact that most of the characters, or most of the actors, have done a good job of continuation, generally speaking, of the first chapter. But is there any? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, I, I feel free to jump in. That's just why I think. I, I think they give. Sol- I think the adults give solid performances. Yeah. 
but I'm not necessarily sure that they've tied their performances in with that of their childhood counterparts. Okay, so... I don't think they link... Like Gav said, it has to go something... Uh, it has to be quite uh, blunt. Like, he starts stammering like the, the kid playing Bill did, and it's nothing in with performance, per se. It's just putting on a stammer. And I feel it could have been a bit more subtle than that. They could have had other mannerisms that were less in your face. What would you have done? Well, I'm not, I'm not an actor, Gav. I'm not a director <laughs> or an actor. Okay, okay, well, what would you have liked to have seen? Um, if James McAvoy, like that, you would have thought, ah, there's Bill without sort of without the obvious stammer, stuff like mannerisms, facial expressions, make it. It's not like McAvoy is creating a character from fresh, which I think is what he did. He should have looked really studied the kids' performance, especially because they're playing side by side. Because you get the flashbacks to them as kids and to them now, it kind of makes it a bit more jarring when the performances don't quite sync up and it doesn't feel like you're watching an adult version of Bill, you're watching a different adult played by James McAvoy. I think just little things like mannerisms, uh, the accents, you know, just little things, the inflections in the voice, things like that. You read the actors, the, the adult actors are masters of their craft. They're all good actors. They're good uh, performers. They could have studied the kids' performances better, I think, and really em- embraced the, their childhood counterparts and really mimicked them a bit more. And just so it, so it would flow more, especially, like I say, because it, it goes back and forth between the childhood, between the adulthood, because of that, I think it would have been better if it just flowed. Mm. Well, I, yeah. I think that it... Oh, sorry, go on. Um, yeah, you should be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> take it back, I'm not sorry, actually. Uh, the, the, I mean, this is a minor point, but there were a few things when I was watching the film that I just wrote down when I, when I got home that I kind of felt like they kind of missed out or skipped over. Um, like, there's a scene, I, I can't remember who it is, who's the, uh, who's the one with the, the glasses who Bill plays? Bill Hader. Richie. Richie. Yeah, Richie. Penny got, Pennywise appears to him and he says, oh, you've got a dirty little secret. And it, it it's never kind of shown mm. what that dirty little secret is in the film. Yeah, it's that he's gay and he's afraid to come out. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it kind of hints that it's gay, but it, it's not, I wouldn't say it, like it, it's fully obvious. Like there's a scene where he's in um, yeah. like a, a video game place, you know, an arcade yeah, yeah. when he's little. And he's pl- he's playing with a mate, and he's like, "Oh, do you want to hang out again?" And the other guy's like, "Oh, well, uh, you know." And then the bully comes in, and he has to kind of cover it up. But it, it's not obvious at all. And it was only afterwards, when I thought about it, that I kind of realised that that maybe that was it. And there's also another thing which really bothered me in the whole film, and that is there's nobody else in the town. Like they stay in a hotel, no one's in there. They walk down the streets, no one's there. Um, there's like uh, one of the guys, Henry Bowers, gets murdered. Um, you know, there's, there's there's blood everywhere. Some of them are attacked, that type of thing. And there's no kind of police presence, anything like that. I mean, I suppose it's one of them. You know, in an action film, people don't die. Like the, the lead character doesn't die when there's an explosion because it, it needs to happen for the plot to advance. But it does kind of take you out of a little bit. And when you kind of sat there watching a film and you're like, hang on, you know, why is there nobody there at all? Yeah, so, uh, it, so it, it does it does pull you out of it a little bit. Rem- removes the uh, the reality, and it, I guess again takes away some yeah, of the so, peril. So, so I would no say room. literally, there's probably about fifteen, sixteen people in the entire film, and that's yeah. there's like no extras in it, like pretty much at all. Yeah. Okay. Just to, on those two points, I I kind of disagree. I know what Joel was saying; it's hinted at, and it maybe could have been made a bit more explicit. I was kind of wondering why they didn't make it more explicit about Richie's, you know, coming out and that being a bit of an issue. But it does. But it is dealt with through in the rest of the film. In mm. fact, his last scene is when he's goes back to where he sort of um, he, he cut he 
Carves his initials. Carves his initials and, and uh, of another boy he loves, basically. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to that spot as an adult later and like recarves them to sort of reaffirm that you know he yeah. is um, he is gay. So I, I kind of know what Joel's saying, but I also think no, the film did a good job of sort of it kept it going. It wasn't just that one bit, and it was like, why was that in it? I think you did know that that was his secret. I'd also say in in the in the book as well, you know, like Joel's saying why there wasn't many other people in the town. And I think it's because like the spell is cast upon the entire yeah. town. So the the idea that actually the adults, there's this whole thing, maybe it's in the book, it's hard to know sometimes if, if it's been yeah, yeah, just established. But I think it was established in the first film. It's almost like all of the all of Derry is kind of complicit in what's going on people there's so many disappearances that people always do like a like uh, look through look, the way look away yeah. or you know there's this whole thing of amnesia people this is how pennywise can operate basically yeah. so yeah you, i think that's why the rest of the town isn't important it's almost like these that them yeah. the, the, this gang is the only one operating with a with a clear vision, yeah. So, so, so they can't not, rely on anyone else. Okay, well, I'm going to draw a stop there because I think we're on to the story there. I think we're they were picking apart bits of the Stephen King story sure. that it maybe doesn't really affect whether it's a good film or not. I think I've got an idea about whether I'm up for the story having been captured well. What about how the way how it is shot? We touched on lots of CGI, um, but it's you know it's just two and a half hours. Is it that seems like maybe a a lack of direction to do? I mean, we had Avengers that was two lots of I would say two and a half to three hours long. Maybe you know that's just a just a quick point from me. Um, it is long, and you do kind of feel it. You know, like there are films like the Avengers where three hours can go by, and it's just like that, and it's gone. Um, but with it, there were kind of certain scenes, like um, you know, when they come back to the town. He basically says, rather than sticking together, everyone's got to go off and kind of relive their childhood. And in each one, there's like a a scare. So, you know, like Alex mentioned, the scene with the old lady. Um, And after that scene, you're thinking, you know, surely they're not going to do like a 10, 15 minute sequence for every single character. But they do. They just follow it in sequence and every single character gets like their own little 15 minute section. And during that, I was thinking, you know, they could have cut, or at least trim down a lot of this fat, and it would have been absolutely fine. Um, the scene with the character as well uh, that Dave mentioned, um, he, he's kind of possessed by it as a kid, and then again as an adult, and I think it's just so underused. Like, if you took that out, then you wouldn't notice. And again, that would just shorten the length down again, and it would take away absolutely nothing from the film. And I think when there's bits like that, where if they weren't in the film, you wouldn't notice, and it wouldn't take anything away, then you know, you can definitely say that they're pointless. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd, I'd say, I'd argue that Joel's other point before about there being nobody in the town uh, is, is kind of countered with Henry Bowers being possessed by it because, you know, it, it is shown in the previous film that Pennywise does have a bit of a stranglehold on the town. Every time, which I thought was a really good sort of point in the first film, every time you get shown an adult, they tend to be watching this TV programme and if you listen to it, it's Pennywise giving them instructions. And I thought that was like really clever. Uh, so, and it, it shows in this film that when you move away, you kind of forget about it because you're not under that spell. And everybody else in, you know, you see like adults um, turning a blind eye all the time. With Henry Bowers, I think it, it or Pennywise was maybe a bit weak. He hadn't feasted that long. He'd just woken up. So he needed somebody um, to enact the violence for him. He need, you know, to give him some time maybe. So he possesses Henry Bowers or, you know, he basically releases Henry Bowers and Henry's under his spell. And, you know, that goes to show that some of the adults or a lot of the 
people who live in Derry are still sort of cast under Pennywise's spell. I think the thing with Henry Bowers is he's a bully. And that's what Pennywise likes to manipulate. He likes to use bullies. That's why when Henry Bowers is killed in the book, he goes for Bev's husband, who's abusive. He likes bullies. He likes cowards. These are the people that he finds it easy to manipulate. A lot of the adults in the book are actually decent people. They're not really uh, on the clown's side. It's not that that consuming a spell. One of the things that Joel was saying about, you know, superfluous characters, I remember the sheriff. You guys have read the book. Right, you remember the, for a long time. the sheriff when they were kids who like used to like break up any fights between them and Henry Bowers and that sort of thing. Nice guy. When they're having this final battle as adults with Pennywise under the town, it, it's cutting back to the inhabitants of the town, people that they knew when they were kids, people you've not read about for chapters upon chapters. And it mentions the sheriff, who's a very old, old man who has a heart attack on his porch and dies. And it is kind of shown how you know Pennywise isn't intertwined with the town, but there were still good people there. And they weren't really necessarily under a spell as such. I think that's a little on the nose from the film there. Mm-hmm. The only people he can really manipulate are the bullies, are the, the bad people, the people who are weak in mind. Okay. Uh, but, but like coming back to what you were you know you were saying about the direction, I think it's actually shot very beautifully. I think it's done very. It's it. it it's not not, not going to win cinematography awards, but it's like the the horror scenes are the shots are sh- uh, the the shots are set up. Damn, damn, that's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they shot the shit out of it. <laughs> they shot the shit out of this good, film. Good save. Good save. <laughs> And, uh, and and that's very very well done. Also, I'd like to I, one thing I really liked about the original, and obviously it's in this film as well, is the actual town itself is very beautifully done. It's kind of it's got this like fifties aesthetic to it, and you sort of see it uh, older. You sort of see the fifties like a bit run down. So it's almost there's a little bit of an and like a bit of a, a, a thing for maybe America in there as well as a yeah. little bit of a, okay. a commentary on maybe you know it's a little bit more run down with the same issues going on of bullying and, and bigotry. But yeah, so so I I think the two things the direction is really good, but the actual physical place it's set is really really well chosen as well. I'd, I'd like to say about the pacing, I, I know what Joel was saying about like kind of these fifteen minute increments. I, I think that you needed that though, and I don't think you could cut any of that out because each character has a journey. And if you were going to cut out, you know, Mike's scene or Ben's scene or Bev's scene, then you know you, you, you're automatically sort of distancing yourself or you're distancing the audience from that particular character. I think every one of them needed their individual scene, and then once they've had their scenes, they get back together again, and then it's a case of defeating it. I thought there was going to be like a long with like drawn out bit in the middle, and for me that, that I didn't have that. And I, I went to go and see a double bill, like it one and two back to back. Okay, you know, yeah. I was in the cinema for nearly six hours, and I thought, like, <laughs> honestly, I thought, like, the happiest six hours of your life. It's <laughs> fucking, fucking brilliant, man. Uh, I, I thought, like, oh, this is really going to drag this second one, especially because you know it was quite late. Um, but it, it kept me engaged, and I don't know whether that was just me, but I, I think that six hours of just sitting in a in a cinema seat can you know do anybody in really, and I think that you know testament to the film that it kept me engaged throughout. I have to disagree with Gav. I did not go to a double bill. I went to a single showing of just It Chapter 2 and I was bored. Uh, around about the two hour mark, it was like, I'm done now. Yeah. I've had enough. This is, this is going on to tedium. I hear what Gav's saying about uh, the, the parts of people's stories, the bits wrapping up. They are needed. They, are, they do benefit the story, but maybe instead of cutting them out, they could have been condensed. It could have been shortened. Because yeah. at nearly three hours, this does go on a bit. I think maybe the, the director could have been ushered out of the editing room a while ago and just let the editor do his bit and get yeah, it down okay, to yeah. a decent yeah. length. Yep. Yeah. Um, is there anything anybody wants to touch on just to close up and try and sway me? 
Yeah, I think maybe Joel missed some pivotal moments in the film because perhaps he was in the toilet changing his underpants. <laughs> Personal attacks, Gav. We're, we're better than that. As a, <laughs> also, I've, listened, I've listened back to a few episodes recently. We're no, not. we're not. We're You're not. not. <laughs> Especially me, possibly. Yeah, yeah. They, I'll let you know, Gav, that they make adult diapers. So. <laughs> I think I need some of them. Prepared, nice and yeah. best to be prepared, HL. Yeah, okay, well, let me... Um, has anybody got the quiz? Is Gav's quiz? This I have a quiz, quiz, yeah. Let me have a little um, tot-up of my, my no, marks while you do the quiz. This isn't about movie clowns, is it? Um, no, it's not, because I think I already did one of them. Um, it's about Stephen King adaptations, but oh. I've decided to do from it... 2017 onwards so in case you know we do Stephen King film again there's always okay. there's always room for manoeuvre okay. I haven't come up with a title so I'm going to call it King Stinger okay. um, <laughs> why? just off the top of your head <laughs> just off the top of my head um, so question number one so once again it's a buzz first um, try and let me say the full question first before you buzz okay anybody I, I don't want to let him do that now uh, since yeah. he's been very specific about it anybody who doesn't buzz you're getting a point deducted um, so question number one it is argu- it sorry it is arguably Stephen King's most infamous novel it was first adapted into a TV mini series in what year Bzz. go on 92 no Bzz. 91 no 1990 yes well done <laughs> okay question number two Tim Corey famously portrayed Pennywise but which other clown did he audition for ultimately being rejected because he was too scary Bzz. Dave the Joker in Batman the Animated Series. Well done, yes. Nice. Okay, question number three. Uh, it made a triumphant return to our screens 27, year, sorry, 27 years after the original, but which directors auditioned and failed to helm the film before going on to make an iconic show inspired by It and the works of Stephen King? Um, that's film, Go on. The director of Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. I'm get a name. Brothers. Yeah, I can think the of brothers. Name. The Duffer Brothers. Damn. Okay, well done, Alex. I'll give you that one. Hey. Um, okay, so question four. The success of It at the box office started a resurgence of Stephen King adaptations, starting with The Dark Tower. Now, which stars picked up the lead roles in that film? Mm-hmm. Dave? Uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Right, yeah, well done. <laughs> um, bonus question. Does McConaughey get his bum out in the film? (laughs) Austin? No. No, he doesn't. And that's probably why it failed to make so much box office. Not just his bum, but his bum hole. (laughs) He does not get his bum hole out. And to be honest, I thought the Dark Tower was some sort of euphemism for his bum hole, but no. Maybe the opposite side to his bum hole. (laughs) Is it just Magic Mike? He's definitely got his bum hole out. No, he gets his bum out a lot. Right, a lot. A lot. <laughs> Trust me. I mean, don't, don't need to look at me in the eyes. Uh, yeah, what's his most latest one? Serendipity. Well, no, not Serendipity. Serenity. <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to have seen Serendipity him. Just, yeah. just quickly. Him <laughs> just ice skating <laughs> with his pair of arse. Okay, uh, question number five. The King's Surgeons continued with 2018's Gerald's Game, directed by Mike Flanagan. Flanagan directed another horror adaptation in 2018 that would become one of the most popular TV series of the year. What was it? Joel? Haunting of Hill House? Yes, well done. The Haunting of Hill House. Okay, now 2019 saw the remake of Pet Cemetery. Jason Clarke starred as the grieving father, but who played that character in the original? (laughs) I know you would forget. Well, he's very forgettable. (laughs) He's very forgettable. (laughs) 
Oh man, I gave that guy so much shit. I know you did. I know. I well. fucking knew you'd forget his name as well. <laughs> oh That's God. horrible. That guy is spinning in his bed right now. It's Dale Midkiff. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Right. It's number seven. The next slated adaptation will see Mike Flanagan returning to the King Well with the Shining sequel, Doctor Sleep. Now, which actor will be taking over the role of an older Danny Torrance? Mm. Dave. It's Ewan McGregor. It is Ewan McGregor. Oh. Well done. Bonus question. Does McGregor get his bum out in this film? <laughs> Time will tell. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say... Ozzy, you got it? Uh, no, I haven't got one. No, I'm just laughing at you guys. I'm just, just going to say points for everyone. It's not out yet, but I'm going to guess yes. He, he is another actor who loves to get his bum out. Imagine if him and McConaughey were in a film together. It would just be bare-ass glory. Uh, anyway, uh, that's the title of the film. Bare-ass glory. Bare-ass glory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number eight. Netflix will also be releasing In the Tall Grass sorry in the tall grass which is an adaptation of oh, sorry i nearly said in this, so it was another adaptation another adaptation of a matthew mcgonaghy film <laughs> which is an adaptation of a novel written uh if a novel king collaborated on with whom oh uh gone owen king his son mm, uh, i mean yeah you kind of got the son bit but it's joe hill is the name of his oh, son damn. short for joe hillstrom king uh, now, number nine. This will, that's so obviously way too short in that name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, number nine. This will probably be followed by the recently commissioned adaptation of The Long Walk, a King novel about a group of lads who have to maintain a certain walking speed or get shot. I mean, well, you know, who said he was running out of ideas? Uh, it'll be hey, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's like a really, really shit version of Speed. <laughs> uh, speed on a budget, man. <laughs> Honestly, read that book. You'd be shitting yourself uh, by the end. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. Um, so it'll be directed by An- uh, Andre uh, o- Overdahl, whose most recent film is a collaboration with another horror icon, Guillermo del Toro. But what is it? Bzz. Go on. Scary stories telling the dark. Well done, Dave. I mean, I was just telling you that I watched it last night. I thought that you would have all... I was hinting heavily as well. Right, <laughs> Before okay. you do your last question, I assume it's the last question. No, it is the last question. Was, um, wasn't Joel's uh, fa- favourite sex scene, that one about a guy who has to keep his uh, heart rate up? Is oh, that yeah, like, a really, oh, yeah. like a really shit yeah. version of Crank? Yeah. This guy having to keep walking at yeah. a certain pace. M- maybe maybe Crank was going. inspired by... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just like how Ozzy's retained that information. <laughs> <laughs> this will be useful in the future. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, my Fitbit says I've walked 20,000 steps there and I haven't left the house. (laughs) 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 Question number 10. He did watch six hours of it. (laughs) Question number 10. The Long Walk will be distributed by New Line Cinema, who have also recently announced a remake of another King classic, Salem's Lot. Now, Gary Doberman will be on writing duties, but what other King work is he most famous for? Shawshank Redemption. No. Biz. Twelfth Mile. No. Bzz. Go on. The Mist. Right, no, you're all rubbish. It's It and It Chapter 2. Oh, fucking <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> what a shit film. I, yeah, well, I'd say, well uh, so I'm going to say, Joel, you won that one, so well done. Help yourself to a Freddo on your way out. I will. All right, well, thanks for that, Gav. That was... Um... A lot more enjoyable than I expected it to be. Um, so, cheers, uh, buddy. Thanks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, let me, I, I genuinely found this quite quite difficult because I've not actually seen um, it chapter one yet. Um, I wasn't there when, um, when you guys went to watch the first one. Um, I didn't bother to watch the, um, 
the mini TV series um, either. <laughs> that is not so, like you to not watch um, the films beforehand. Uh, but I, but you know, but I had read the book, so I was uh, you know I was aware of the story, and and I think I liked the idea that it was relatively faithful. Um, you know, uh, uh, Alex and Dave, uh, sorry, uh, Joel and Dave did mention that some of the maybe some of the key characters were chopped out, but I mean, I got the impression that it's already two hours and fifty minutes long. So if you'd have kept everyone in. You know, we might be having a, a trilogy of of eight films with maybe not enough story to really to really capture it. Um, it felt to me like it was a it was a film of two halves. You know, you've got people coming back and then suddenly flashback scene, which I don't know the the, the, the prosecution pushed to me that I felt maybe it's like five or six short films tacked into the into the middle of it, and it, was, and it could have been a little bit tedious. Um, but I got. I also felt as though everybody agrees that there were scary moments, even if the bulk of them are jump scares. Um, that just seems to be the the way of the world at the moment. That the bulk of scary films uh, are jump scares, and that's what that's what gets gets viewers. That's how it comes in. Um, I was a little bit upset that Dave mentioned that really the the, the biggest or the most tense scene was already spoiled in in the trailer. Um, but um, but then I was convinced by Gavin Alex that the acting is maybe you know, the, and the continuity of the acting actually wins over, um, even in, in spite of the, the flashbacks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I am worried that the length is going to be the overarching factor for me when I get to watch it. But overall, I feel as though it goes on the hit list. Oh. It feels as though it's quite well done. The, the look of of just sheer terror on Joel's face whenever he had to reminisce about what he watched. Um, I, I think that's that's one for me. It sounds like it's genuinely scary. It's shot well enough. The the, the CGI isn't is isn't detra- distracting, and um, yeah, it's on the hit list. Oi. Okay, so uh, genuine opinions, Alex. So the length for me was too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's unlike sorry, you Ozzie. saying that, mate. Sorry, Ozzie. I thought you were oh, good at handling right. length. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, uh, for me, it is long. It is long, and I was bored. And oh, really? so, yeah, I was bored. And so for me, that's death in a horror film, really, mm-hmm. not in a good way. It's like you just. I was clock watching and I was looking at my watch thinking like, when am I going to get going? And um, although there was scary at first, yeah, I think Joel Joel was right. That bit where they all go off and have their own stories. About halfway through and I was like, Jesus, are we going to spend the exact same amount of time on every, every single person's story? And was it pretty much bang on 15 minutes or 10, 15 minutes? <laughs> it it minutes did feel like, it. and a couple, like the, for me, the biggest point, was that what, what's the um the sort of comic relief character the guy who, richie richie no Bill. the other one eddie. The eddie eddie so eddie has this weird his story's weird because it's kind of like trying to be comic relief and scary at the same time and for oh. me that so it doesn't really know what it is yeah it just massively didn't work for me the, little, the little musical interlude when yeah, he's getting thrown up on yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah i didn't get that yeah Mm, you should have brought that up. I, <laughs> I brought up enough. I've yeah. talking for a long, long time. <laughs> I, 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 I liked it. I mean, I think it definitely could have been better. I was a bit disappointed um, that it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And especially reading some of the reviews beforehand, mm-hmm. people were saying it was like a masterpiece. It was like one of the best directed horror films of the past decade or whatever. And I did think that... But for me, the length wasn't that much of an issue, to be fair. I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> after six hours. Yeah. After, after six <laughs> hours. Give me I, more. I, I could have easily done a seventh or an eighth hour. That's all I'm going to say. But I do think that some bits, 
even with the length of time, went treated with the the length that they needed to be. So, okay, so we're even within yeah, three hours, so, it might so have been a bit rushed. Joel was saying about the um, the relationship between Richie and Eddie. So, you know, Richie's big secret is that um, he's, he's he's gay and he yeah. hasn't come out of the closet. Yep. And it's touched upon. It's pretty well done. Uh, and... For me, there wasn't any resolution to that. So oh, okay, yeah, I think yeah. right at the very end, what lacked for me is, is resolutions. I would have liked to have seen uh, him, you know, kind of actually coming out, embracing his sexuality. Uh, and I would have liked to have seen, you know, more with Bev and Ben getting together and her actually yeah. finding somebody who, you know, she's in love with and isn't abusive, you know, mm-hmm. th- that sort of thing. But uh, overall, it was a horror film and it was, it does, was scary. So that's what Because the want. film actually ends, doesn't it? Like yeah, it, it yeah, does yeah, end, but yeah. I think from... I read a, re- a lot of reviews as well, like I've said, and I, I, one thing that a lot of people took issue with was the ending. Um, and I thought the actual ending of it was okay. It was the bit before the ending when they fight it. When together, he's like a together two hours and 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like when, when, when they fight it, when he's a spider, that that was like the worst bit for me because it's, they kind of almost kill him that easily and it's the set, they kill him the same way as in the first one. Yeah, they they basically just say, I'm not they scared just, of you. They just mean. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought, like when he died, I was like, he's not really dead as he's going to come back but he didn't and he was dead so um just a bit of a like anti-climax yeah, yeah it was a bit of an anti-climax but I, i'm kind of like gav i enjoyed it but it, it was too long i genuinely didn't like it yeah i genuinely thought it was tedious so you wouldn't watch it again i wouldn't bother yeah. really no very disappointing not as good yeah. as the first one it was just yeah like i think joel hit the nail on the head when he said it's a lot scarier when it's kids in the firing line it's uh it was just boring yeah oh well I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> six hours, six hours <laughs> throughout and through, so I get the entire uh, the entire cinematic experience. Okay, um, thank you very much, Ozzy. Um, so I'm just cutting you off there because you're boring me. Um, so <laughs> no, I just got distracted and I was like, shit, should I be saying something right now? Uh, so well, once again, I put up a poll on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list it chapter two should be placed on. Sixty-seven percent of them said that it should be placed on the hit list. So it's not as cut and dry as I originally thought. To be well, honest. It's a bit divisive, isn't he? I would like to know how many of those people actually watched the film, you know, rather than just vote. You know, you, re- you reckon the people have, have, have voted without watching it? I would say so, because that hasn't been out for that long, has it? And well, I, I, it has been out longer in America, though. So, and, so get and your also, facts right. And also, it's only three people that voted. So <laughs> yeah. It's a two to one. It was, and all three of them were me. The... the <laughs> I started losing faith in my votes. Um, okay, so before we adjourn the case, it's time for a little caption contest. So here I take a screenshot of the film, put it on Twitter, ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. So here, basically, I've got a scene of Pennywise the Clown looking to take a big chunk out of a child's head like a juicy apple. And you guys have just got to say which is the funniest, starting with... Are those my red Jimmy Choo pumps you're wearing? <laughs> uh, it's, it's a classic. Legos, damn Legos. Ah, <laughs> uh, my ass, those spicy Cheetos. <laughs> uh, when you find out there's a possible six and a half hour super cut of it coming, uh, <laughs> it was at that point in the intervention. Sorry, it was at that point in the inter- intervention that Hoda became sick of the word alcoholic. <laughs> um, I said, I need floss. <laughs> when my girlfriend's food order arrives before mine uh, and Black Rod was certainly not happy with Berko <laughs> I'm doing that one yeah I go with the Berko it's topical yeah, yeah. okay so don't con- mean much to anyone outside the UK but it's topical <laughs> okay congratulations to Georgie P or sorry Georgie P you've just won yourself a flippity freddo
Right, so just before we call it a day, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends, Everything I Learned from Movies Podcast. Now, this is Steve, Izzy, and a succession of uh, guests every now and again. Um, these are really good, you know, they, where the hell's everybody going? What the fuck is this? Is this, is this is, have we ended or something? Why's everybody just fucking left? You on your own. <laughs> this is like, so it's all, like our Gab's doing a so right, I'll, I'll say you next week. week. I mean, I'm, I'm going I'm to call all the jokes that I've written here because it's just going to sound like they just aren't funny. I know they're not funny, but usually you guys laugh to make it, make me feel like I'm a little bit funny. We can use a laughter track. Oh, fuck you. Whatever. <laughs> leave, leave. All of you. They want you here anyway. Dave went, just for everybody who is listening, Dave went to the toilet like literally went Dave to went the to the toilet, toilet. Joel's fuck, fucking he's on his way out Brucey's just left <laughs> I'll see you. I'm grateful that you've actually decided to <laughs> stay, stick I can't with go. it I've got to leave my laptop here until you finish recording <laughs> right, I'm like fair a enough. hostage fair enough right everything I learned from movies I'm trapped in Derry I've got to wait until <laughs> for 27 years to call these guys back <laughs> shut up would you shut up stop being topical right anyway it's a very funny podcast uh, it's, it's a lot like our podcast to be honest they, they basically review shit films uh, recently what they've started doing is doing is special months so uh, two months ago they had Bond month uh, where they reviewed some of the worst Bond films like Moonraker the original Casino Royale Die Another Day I think the last month that they've just done is Nicolas Cage month and it's like good. Oh, yeah, honestly like, I tell you, some of the films that they reviewed uh, like we wouldn't touch them with a barge pole you know what I mean and that shit oh right they're, yeah, not, yeah, they're yeah. not even it's the... not even like you know Face Off or Con Air or something it's like Trespass or you know uh, some other guff that, that you wouldn't have heard da- from da- like the new, the new Bad Lieutenant film um, anyway like both of them are really really funny and the reviews it's just really entertaining to listen to so if you like this show and you like people listening to bad films or reviewing them or you know even films that are a little bit divisive I would definitely recommend checking these out you can get them on any podcasting platform they're specifically on apple podcasts and you can check them out on twitter at eilf movies right now next week's film thank you very much for returning joel and dave um i never left but i will do now (laughs) you didn't leave physically but mentally you did did you say anything funny i should have caught up on yeah just just laugh now for Uh thanks thanks. okay next week's film hasn't been picked out of the hat at random but instead has been picked by captain dave well, I mean, I don't know anymore now because after the mistreatment I've received here, I don't know whether to give you your own choice. Uh, but Dave has gone with The 13th Warrior. Now, Dave, would you like to just tell us a little bit about why you chose this film? Um, yeah, I've been thinking about bringing The 13th Warrior to the table for a while now. It, I love it. I really do. It's one of those films I just went to, you know, when you don't need to overthink a film, it's just a good atmospheric it's just escapism. I loved it. I really did. But having looked into it a little more, I'm in the minority. A lot of people don't much care for the 13th Warrior. It was a box office bomb. Uh, the critics were not kind. But yeah, I still love it. I really do. And I watched it again recently. I still love it. So I thought I'd bring it to the table. Let's debate it. Well, I'm excited okay. to check yeah. it out. Never heard of it, to be honest. I've never seen it. So looking forward to checking out. Um, so the rest of the roles have been picked at random because uh, Davis obviously picked it. He will be defending it. Mm-hmm. So... Defending it with Dave will be Alex. Uh, in prosecution, it's going to be myself and Ozzy. Okay. And that means, Joel, you're going to be the judge. So there you go. Uh, just to say thank you very much to everybody who's listened to this episode. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell all your friends and family about us. Just spread the warm message of films on trial in blood under a bridge. 
and check out. <laughs> I better cut that bit in case that happens. <laughs> films on uh, trial. If you do see any messages about films on trial written in blood under bridges, please take a photo of it and share it on our, our Twitter page at <laughs> Film Trials. Uh, whilst you're there, check out our fantastic graphic artist Winston Sang at the underscore Quicks. And um, there's a bit of a running theme where Winston keeps on turning me into uh, clowns. Yep. Um, so I'm quite happy that this tr- you don't need Winston's help for that man. I know I don't <laughs> but what is, what's really weird about it is that I look better when Winston is turned into a clown than I do in real life uh, so anyway check him out he's uh, on Twitter at the underscore quicks also check out our website filmsontrial.co.uk follow us on all the social media and check out our YouTube channel as well so that's it It Chapter 2 has been put on trial and it is a hit and we'll be in your ears next week with The 13th Warrior Goodbye. You know, you say about messages in blood under the bridge, and they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. (laughs) That's bad publicity.